0: Grace, peace, and mercy is yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the things I've learned throughout my ministry, it will be 46 years this coming August, is that God speaks to us in many, many different ways. And sometimes you have to look through some of the words to actually see what God is trying to communicate and how he communicates to us. Of course, the greatest piece of communication that God has given to us is word and sacrament. Because in the word and sacrament, God says to each of you and me here as his family, is you are mine. Your sins are forgiven. Do so you notice we had confession early? We have to confess early in the service because we are not fit to come before the holy presence of God. And so he forgives us. Now we can go to him. Our sins are forgiven. A number of years ago, Adam, maybe you can help me out, in the um, 60s, I believe it is, Simon and Garfunkel were very, from, were up in the, in, the, uh, in the music department, were very, very common to hear what, what, what they were singing. And one of the songs, I asked my wife, I said, would you please print that out? And I looked at that. I said, "Man, there's so much theology in that, that song, but you have to look for it." <coughs> Remember the name of the of the song? Over That's it. Bridge over, you guys are reading my mind. That's pretty good. <laughs> the bridge over covered water, trouble, trouble. trouble water. Excuse me. I had the, the the lyrics to that, <coughs> and just think for a moment. What's theology? you can pull from this. When you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I dye them all, I dry them all. I'm on your side, oh, when times get rough and friends just can't be found, like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Just think for a moment, you know, when that song was, was popular, didn't bother me because I wasn't a pastor at the time. But I I look at these words, and there is theology behind it. Something else I I love to do also. And that is, uh, for for many, many years when when I was preaching, I would always read the comics before I preached. Why? If you look at some of those uh, cartoons in the paper, and my favorite, I have two of them, one is Charlie Schultz and Garfield, and the other is B.C., and particularly B.C. He, he has a lot of hidden theology. One of my favorites was, uh, from him was, uh, it was one Easter morning, and it was in the paper. <clears throat> uh, was B.C. He goes to this cave, and he looks in, and he comes out and says, yes! I love that one. Because it brought a message about my faith. Let me continue with this bridge over troubled water. When you're down and out, when you're on the street, when evening falls so hard, I will comfort you. I'll take your part when darkness comes. And pain is all around like a bridge over troubled water. I will lay me down. Does that mean something to you? You think for a moment put God in that song. Makes sense. And God says, I'll be with you, no matter what. Our story in the gospel lesson was about a man who was crippled for 38 years. And he tried to get to that water when when the water at the pool of Bethesda was, was stirred up. But he couldn't because somebody else would beat him to it. Time after time. Year after year after year. You think he was a little bit discouraged or could be a little bit discouraged? I would think so, wouldn't you? To go through all that and not have any healing at all. And here comes Jesus. Now, Jesus doesn't make a big issue out of of his healing. It's almost a matter-of-fact. Jesus comes up to this man and says, would you like to be healed? What do you think the man's answer was? <laughs> Obviously, right? Yes, I want to be healed. And Jesus says, okay, take off your bed and walk. That's it. And the man, what happened to the man? He was healed, wasn't he? It's one of those cases where I see Jesus not really making an issue out of his healing, but just matter of fact. Because you see, what happened to that man when Jesus came to him at the pool? Jesus made a different person out of that man. His whole life changed. He was now healed of his illness. Can you relate to that? Some of us may have had illnesses a long time. We prayed about it. Prayed over and over again. And he said, God, aren't you listening? Why don't you heal? Why don't you take care of my problem? There was another person in the scriptures who had something that, that was a problem. Remember who that was? The great apostle Paul. What did Paul say to the Lord? Heal me, right? Remember what the Lord's answer was? No, I'm not going to heal you. Because what my grace will live through you is sufficient. And maybe we ought to think about that for a moment. When we pray to our Father. We pray that he would heal us. We pray that he would look in our direction and see our problems and then take care of them. I think too often we expect God to answer prayer when? I do. And that's my problem, too. But that should, that, that's something that is part of our makeup. <clears throat> and uh, the uh, culture today, or the, uh, the type of, of life we live, we want instantaneous, <coughs> instantaneous healing. But that doesn't happen often. I want to use my, my wife's sister for an example. I hope you don't mind this. Uh. She and her husband celebrated her 60th anniversary, and right after that he passed away. And God in that home was a cuss word. Over and over again, the prayer was that they turn to the Lord. Well, after that 60 years, she moved from Virginia to Texas with to be with her family and, what was Palm Sunday? I mean, it was, it was Palm Sunday that she and her daughter, and her daughter goes to the Methodist church with her family, and she teaches Bible class, et cetera. To, to cut it short, she went to that, her sister went to that church, and now she's a member. She was the VBS lady that same year. It, it happened in March, I believe it was, somewhere around there, March and April. And now, instead of good luck, she'll say, we'll put you on the prayer list. Sixty years it took that. You know, God's time is not our time. Unfortunately, time to us is seconds, minutes, hours, days, years, right? To God, he doesn't have all that stuff. He just looks at us and says, okay, you're here for this span of time that I give you. When the troubled waters hit you, what do you do? Do you get angry with God? That's not all bad. But to continue that anger, that's not good. Because you see, oftentimes our illnesses are not necessarily a curable thing for us. But God has a purpose. Because what he does, he takes that illness remember I said earlier that we are God's family and he turns it into something positive. He turns us to right? Turns turns us to the cross. He turns us to Jesus because Jesus came to be our Savior. And the greatest gift That God could have given us is the cross. Jesus had that, he knew that before he was even born. He knew the cross was ahead of him. And he knew what that cross would do for each one of us here this morning. Because we can relate to that cross. We were baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. And when that happened, God, the Father, said, I will take care of you, I I will protect you from all harm and danger. Now he didn't say he's gonna protect us from illness. He said harm and danger. But he's still there even when we're going through these various illnesses. So sometimes it takes maybe a day, a year, ten years. Because God's answer to us when we pray to him is not necessarily, yes, I'll I'll listen to you to give you what you want. There are three answers to prayer. You know what they are? Yes? No? Hang in there. Wait a while. Because God is working through you. He is working through each one of you. Each one of you and me. And for, uh, by the grace of God, he chose me as a pastor. I don't know why, but he did. He knew better than I did. But he, he looks at you, and he sees his work being done through each one of you. We have our, our time in this world. One of my good friends who I play golf with is a member of Trinity Lutheran Church. Lost his wife about a month ago. And he, he's hurting. He's really hurting. And Monday, I try, uh, I try to comfort him in some ways. And I said, you know, Mike, sometimes God removes people from this world to protect them. He says, what do you mean? I said, he protects them from something really maybe bad happening to them. So he calls her home. But isn't that what you and I want? Don't we want to go home? We don't belong here. In the old hymnal, was it 660, I think it was? The last hymn of the book. Heaven is my home. I'm but a stranger here. See, when, when you were baptized, the Holy Spirit came into your life and made a brand new person out of you. Just like when Jesus healed this, this man. The man didn't know who, who did it. He had no idea. You read the, 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 uh, the text later on in that, that chapter. You'll see what I'm talking about. He didn't know Jesus, but what he did know was that he was a changed person. And that happens to us. We are a changed person. Instead of looking at sin and going the, the wrong way down the, down the dark alleys of our life. The Holy Spirit is there to keep us in the light, to keep us in the light of Jesus Christ so we can do the work that the Father has given to us. I can just imagine the, the, the disciples, when, when Jesus took them up on the mountain and went up into heaven, I could just imagine what the disciples were thinking. Oh no, you're going to leave this to us? We who are sinful? And Jesus said, Yes. That's what you are supposed to do. You are my disciples. And Jesus said one thing that we should never, ever forget. And it was in that last few seconds that Jesus was here on this earth. He says, Lo, I am with you to the end of the age. So as we go through life, we all have our our troubles, don't we? Because we have our sinful life that we have to carry around until we die. But God promises. I've had something like 800 promises of God in the scriptures. I never counted them, but I just heard that years ago. All these promises that God has made to each one of you here this morning, He said, I am with you. I'll never, ever leave you. I will never forsake you. Keep that in mind. When you go through your troubled waters, when things really get tough, and I can attest to that because there are times in my ministry, and I can't count them, I said, Lord, I'm done. I want to get out of this. But you know what he said? Mmm. Mmm. God said no. He didn't say yes, he said no. He didn't say wait a while, he just said no. He said, I've got work for you to do. And for you and me, for you this morning, when that work that God has planned for you in your life, whether it be a single person, whether it be the husband, whether it be a child, whether it be the wife, what God says, I am with you. I will take care of you. I will never, ever leave you. Just like this song. When you're weary, when you're feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I dry them, doesn't he? I'm on your side when things get tough and rough and friends just can't be found. Who's there to be with us? Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Jesus did it. He laid down his life that you and I could have eternal life to be with the Father. And the symbol that is on, on the wall in front in, behind me, in front of you, is the proof of that love. Amen.